Hey, Cap fans, it's Rick here. And we don't want to confuse anybody, but this particular episode was recorded weeks before it actually is hitting the air. And so there's a discussion uh, to talk about what we're going to do for this year's March Madness. Bob had the idea, instead of doing artists or writers, to do covers. So hopefully, if you've been following on the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group, uh, you've been seeing that we have indeed been doing for March Madness or Cap Madness, as we like to call it, our favorite covers. So be sure to, if you haven't already, go onto the Facebook page every day at noon Eastern time. We're going to have new choices for you to make, whether cover A or cover B, and who's going to advance in the bracket. So ultimately, it's up to you on which cover ends up being the favorite Captain America cover. Hopefully that clears a few things up. Now, back to the show. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 75 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. Hey, that's Mr. Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. Oh, what's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You are, you went way back in the Wayback Machine for that one. I did. Yeah. Ah, yeah. What year, what year do you think that? Uh... I'm guessing 1965. Well, that would be a great guess, Bob, because you're finally starting to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it has something, a little something to do with the uh, issue that we're covering today, which is yeah. and 62 and 64 which happened to be out in 1965. So talking about uh, about that, I, I was looking at 1965, the top grossing movies. And Bob, so so what do you think was the number two grossing movie of 1965? Well, I would say Thunderball, Rick, but... No, Thunderball I'm, was number three. I know. Good guess. I, I know, uh, but I, I was going to say, I was going to say Thunderball, but could it have been What's New Pussycat? No, Bob, it was Dr. Shivago. <laughs> <laughs> What's New Pussycat was number eight. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, wanted to tie that in. And, and it's, a, it's a fun little song. Isn't that like um, a five hour movie, Dr. Shivago? Uh, oh, yeah. Omar Sharif. I, That's Omar Sharif, right? Wasn't uh, it? That was yeah. my Sharona. What, my what? <laughs> <laughs> something else. I don't know. Uh, uh, all right. Hey, you know what? Let's go through uh-huh. the top eight grossing movies of 1965. Yeah. Ready? I bet that'll be interesting. Number one, Sound of Music. Number two, Dr. Shivago. Three, Thunderball, as we mentioned. Four is Those Magnificent Men in Their Flying... Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, number five, That Darn Cat. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Here's yeah. a good one for you. Number six, The Great Race. And then number seven, Cat Baloo. What? <laughs> I haven't even just, heard of that one. I'm just reading a list. Oh, well, okay. Then, yeah, eight's What's New Pussycat. Nine, Shenandoah. And 10, Von Ryan's Express. Oh, that was a good one. Never heard of it. Yeah, that was like one of those military films. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what? Number 11, though. Here we go. Our Man Flint. Oh, man of that right there. Yeah. That was a classic. Yes, definitely. So yeah. um, anyway, that's, that's your 1965 uh, lesson right there. Um. A lot of a lot of uh, controversy over that. Did you know? I, I happen to think that our man Flint was pretty influential on uh, the Steranko tank take on uh, Nick Fury. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I, know. I could see that. A lot I of Steranko fans don't like to hear that, you know, because I think everything came from this fount of wisdom. But I don't know. And that our man Flint and the sequels, I think, very hey, Bob, influential. What is up with the? The people that listen, Jim Steranko was was brilliant. 
Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. But it, it, it blows my mind when people are like, oh, he's one of the best Captain America artists ever. He did three issues. Right. Yeah. There's been over, you know, 600 comic cap comics and he's he's done three uh as as brilliant as he is i can't claim him to be one of the best captain america artists yeah but one of the most influential uh artists out there uh you know he i mean he, you know absolutely he's a he's a legend yeah and i think i mean he his contributions to nick fury again it was only oh, like yeah. you know i mean obviously he did a lot of strange tale issues and then mm-hmm. i don't know it's like six issues or so with uh with with the Nick Fury uh, series, uh, it just the art was groundbreaking, right? And mm-hmm. but you're right, three issues for Cap, and uh, and a lot of, quite frankly, what 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 he did had been done. He'd done already in in the Nick Fury uh, work. Um, mm-hmm. It it adds to the to the body, man, and it's interesting. But yeah, it's it's hard to like the three issues, man. It's hard to pit that against some of the bodies of work of many other creative teams. Yeah, yeah, and you know, coming up, uh, it. It's it's going to be March Madness, right? I mean, we're recording this in February, but uh, yeah, this is going to be in the middle of March. So we got to get our butts together and, and come up with a, a new March Madness. That's right. Yeah, it was very uh, popular last year. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I don't know if I have that kind of bandwidth right now. Right. Mm. But if we did do it, I mean, we could do writers this time around uh or we could do artists again and then i got i got some grief last year from from some people saying well how do, how can you have these two going up against each other they're like the greats mm-hmm. and then you know it, it pains me to knock them out and i get it i just did it alphabetically yeah. but now because we have rankings from last year i can do what a traditional seed list would be yeah and and go from there i don't know i think it'd be fun to do something different though i mean we did artists might be fun to do you know writers might be fun to do covers um who knows like who knows i don't know sky's the limit buddy it it really is uh so you let me know uh you do the research you come Mm -hmm. up with uh 64 no we're gonna do 32 i think we started with 32 all right you come up with 32 writers or 32 covers. All right. I can do covers, man. I got my list of 32 favorite covers. Oh, yeah. I got 32 favorite flavors. So I'm like Baskin Robbins, buddy. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely no um, guarantee that any of this is going to happen, folks. We, we're, <laughs> we're, we're just spitballing here. But, you know, I will tell you that we'll run into the same issue, though, right? Because there is the, uh, there's the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. And covers are just as susceptible as writers or or, or uh, artists, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's hard to get away from that. It's uh, it's hard to be yeah. it's hard yeah, to be objective. Pe- people vote for their favorites from their childhood, typically. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about the bet, Bob. Where are we at here? Now we're we're a little recording out of order here, so mm-hmm. we're just going to mm-hmm. go with what our current weight is. Um, and, and so Bobby, do you have a new song, um, in case you win and I have to sing cause that's the wager, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're both trying to lose 10 pounds. First person to lose 10 pounds gets the other person to sing a song of their choice. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds. We're not going to kill the listeners. Um, Bob, what you got? Yes. I'm thinking, you mean a song? Yeah. I, I'm thinking, uh, foreigner. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to know what love is. Oh, yeah. You want to hear me sing? <laughs> I don't know what love is. All right. Yeah. I can do that. I can do want that. I want you to show me. <laughs> yes. I can do that. Oh, it's a classic. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. There's so many different uh, choices this time around. But again, I was going with the theme of the episode, 1965. Ooh, so I was looking wow. at 1965 songs. Yeah. I got to tell you, most of the ones I'm going through from like the, the top 100 singles of 1965, they're all great songs. Yeah. I don't want you to sing like, I don't know, 
uh, I can't get no satisfaction. Oh, yeah. Or you've lost that loving feeling. Ooh, Downtown. Yeah. Uh, my girl, help me, Rhonda. Oh, King of the gosh. road. You know. Uh, Classics, yeah. You know, I these are, I, this is a great song. This it's is a great song. I did. Yeah. But, but I was thinking maybe you could sing, sing this. Let me go until you show me, told me. Oh, yeah. Is that Johnny Mathis? Who is that? Mel Carter. Mel Carter. Huh. Mel Carter. Interesting. Which I always thought that she was uh, this uh, large black lady in the 80s sitcom. I, I, I think that's Nell Carter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Mel, right. Mel Carter. I think he opened up a... Uh, uh, a dining, a diner on, oh, yeah? uh, on Happy Days, if I'm not mistaken. No, that would that would be uh, Arnold. Mel's Diner. Huh. No, yeah, Arnold. Mel's, yeah. Mel's Diner was the show TV show called Diner. Uh, was it? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't go out much. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, God, that was in the 70s, late 70s, maybe early 80s. And... Uh, yeah, it had uh, the the three um, waitresses. Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Mel yeah. was kiss a, my grits. Exactly, I was just about to do that. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, right, right, right. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and that wasn't that Mel's diner. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy Days. That was Arnold. Arnold's diner. Yeah, right. And, and in fact, they had two different Arnolds. Right, they, they did. They had uh, Pat. What's his Marita. name? Rita. Pat Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. yeah, he was the original, uh-huh. and then uh, for I don't know, he left the series, and then they brought in uh, the Italian guy. Yeah, right, and he was on the show probably the longest. Yeah, he was. He was. He was yeah. definitely on the longest. Yeah. 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 All right, but I digress. Ah. All right, so all right. all right, so where are you at, Bob? Since since start to now, yeah. how much have you lost? Oh gosh, I, you know it's been. Uh, you always challenge me with the math, man. I just know what the, the current is. So I, you know, I think it's been, I'm like halfway there still like five pounds, right? It's like 202 point. It's a little, little, uh, a, a shade over, uh, it's like 4.9 pounds. I think 4.9. Yeah. All right. I'm a 4.2. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're catching up. Buddy. I am catching up. Last time we weighed in, I was at 3.5. Now I'm yeah. at 4.2. I'm catching up Bob. But you're screwed though, man, because my rower gets here on Friday. <laughs> so I'm rowing all weekend, buddy. Row, oh. row, row. Yep. And I picked up the prescription for my colonoscopy. And I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm doing it early. And then I'm just gonna tell them I lost the prescription. So they gotta give me a new one for the actual procedure. So. Oh gosh, that's cheating. <laughs> you're totally cheating. No, I don't care. That's you're not you're not losing fat there. You're not you're not getting that's not the 10 pounds you were hoping to lose. Well, whatever, man. 10 pounds is 10 pounds. Uh, that's like, gonna, I'm going to cut off my foot. There, yeah. I won. You know, <laughs> that's not the 10 pounds you're trying to lose, Bob. Okay, well, do what you got to do, man. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That being said, <laughs> um, maybe we should just get into the comics. So we're covering today um, Tales of Suspense, going to 1965, as you mentioned, and we're going with issue 62. Now, you may say, okay, what is about issue 62? Well, it is 
the Captain America story called Breakout in Cell Block 10. And the uh, it's basically the, the story that Al Milgram based the sequel um, Captain America 260 on, which was the prison reform issue that we covered in 72. And since we covered that and, and speaking with Al Milgram, we figured, hey, Let's cover this. It's always fun to go back to Tale of Suspense, and this is a good one. And then we thought, well, you know, it's only 10 pages, so we might as well do another one. And uh, I got shot down on 63. Bob said, no, the origin issue, we got to do another time. And I, I respect that. So we're going to do 64, which um, is the uh, Sando and Omar uh uh, story and and uh, I got a little backstory on that, Bob. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. That sounds good. This is, I mean, this. I think it's really cool to like go back and do this uh, story from uh, from issue sixty two, the cell block uh, cell block ten story, because um, it really was integral to uh, what we had just covered, and um, and it's timely too, right? I mean. Uh, there's history behind this one as well, just as there was history, I think, behind um, Al Milgram's um, prison reform story. So I love I love comic book stories that sort of tap into what's going on in society at the time uh, and then use that as a launching pad for for good storytelling. Yep, I agree. All right. So we're looking at the cover to issue 62. And, you know, Bob, it's kind of cool about these covers from 1965. Uh, they, they try to pack a lot on the covers mm-hmm. and there's, there's often, you know, going to be word balloons or thought balloons. Uh, but, but most of the time there's going to be like these big starbursts and things like that, uh, that have titles and, um, some sort of marketing on there. Uh, and this one is not shy. So it says tales of suspense featuring Iron Man. Captain America. And as I mentioned before, when we covered Tales of Suspense uh, stories, there's it kind of flips back and forth. Well, we'll, sometimes we'll say Captain America and Iron Man. um, And then the logo corner box uh, will flip back and forth too. So we have a Captain America full body and then like an Iron Man, like upper torso, kind of like waist up. Um, And 12 cents, Bob. 12 cents. This thrills me every time I see that, right? 12 cents. And approved by the Comics Code Authority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know that's quality. That's true. So this particular issue is, uh, you know, a little kind of a key issue, not because of the story of Captain America, but because the Iron Man, it's the origin of the Mandarin. So we see that uh, character with his with his multi rings um, coming out uh, of, a, of a looks like the Great Wall of China, uh, or as I like to call it, the pretty big Wall of China, and and then there's Iron Man kind of cowering from him, and then there's kind of like a split screen, right? And then the lower half is Captain America, and he's using his shield to open up some prison bars, and then the other side looks like a bunch of prisoners angry prisoners with with weapons um it says all new thrills with two of america's greatest avengers so we will of course skip the iron man story and break right to the second half of the book and that is captain america breakout in cell block 10 and it reads Remember Ish 60 when Cap thought he was giving a physical fitness demonstration and didn't suspect he was really fighting a bunch of assassins? Well, some guys always learn the hard way. Here he is again, demonstrating his prowess to an official of state penitentiary, or so he thinks. And we get Cap in uh, uh, the warden's office, and he is jumping over the desk and... um, you know, in full garb, and he's got a shield in his left hand, and then there's somebody shooting at him. And he's thinking to himself, oh, I'm sorry, Bob. You know what I forgot to do? You just blew off the creative team. I really did. I never do that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I hope Stan Lee and Jack Kirby can forgive me. And Chick Stone. I'm getting there, Bob. (laughs) So the creators at the bottom of it does say, pow, script, Stan Lee. Wham, art, Jack Kirby. Zowie, inking, Chick Stone. Oh, lettering, art, Simic. Featuring Cap's own brand of galvanized action, Nuff said. And Cap's thinking to himself, I wonder why they asked me to demonstrate how I would defend myself if the prisoners escaped and attacked me. Oh, well, they must have their reasons. And he goes underneath one guy's uh, legs and bounces through as he balls himself up with his shield. Where is he? Where'd he go? If you were shooting real bullets instead of blanks, I'd try to elude you like this. There he is, Rocky, behind you. I'll try to get this over with quickly so that no one gets hurt. I'm still anxious to learn the reason I was asked to come here and do this. And then these, um, after he knocks down and knocks out all of the prisoners, uh, these armed guards come in with their weapons. He put those guys away like they were nothing. I guess that wraps it up, sir. Unless there's something else. And there's a, a short bald man with like white hair on his temples smoking a cigarette in a green dressed pinstripe suit and he says no that does it you were indeed as good as your reputation young man and now before i leave uh, you you said you explained why you hoped to accomplish by this little demonstration ah uh, yes so i did so i did by the way I didn't know better. I'd swear these guns have been firing live ammo. Hmm. Well, of course, we do know better, don't we? And now, if you'll come with me, Captain America. Next page, he's walking uh, down the middle of the corridor of these, uh, you know, of the jail cells. And there's some armed guards at the end where he's walking toward. The explanation you seek is waiting for you here in cell block 10. I've heard of cell block 10. It's where your most dangerous convicts are kept under maximum security condition. You are very well informed on such matters. That is precisely correct. And he kept looking at some of the guards who look a little, you know, not very clean shaven. I know that this job requires really rugged guards, but these fellows somehow look too brutal. And then all of a sudden, the doors to all the, 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 uh, the jail cells open up, and dozen uh, of prisoners start ganging around him. There he is now. About time. We thought we'd never get here. They aren't locked in? Is this some sort of trick? But how? Why? Hey, look, guys. I think Sonny Boy is getting suspicious. Well, what do you know? There ain't no flies on him. I guess they're referring to he doesn't smell. What do you think? Um, I think that means, uh, I don't know. Uh, ain't no flies on him. I guess he moves pretty quick. You know, flies can't land on him. He's, uh, I don't know, but he's standing still. Yeah, I think they meant like mentally. Okay. And then uh, the, the man in the green pinstripe suit says, as you can now guess, Captain America, I am not a genuine prison official. And then, before Cap can make a move, grab him fast. Don't give him a chance to get into action. Relax, Blackie. There ain't anything he could do anyway. Even Captain America can't beat us all. And then they get the shield and give it to Deacon. Good work, boys. We've got what we're after. This shield of his will be our ticket out of here. So what do we do next, Deacon? Put him in the cell with the real deputy superintendent. Now that he have, we have his shield, he's no good to us anymore. Don't just stand there. Give us a hand. He's like a tiger. Hold him. Don't let him get away. It ain't easy. There's only about a dozen of us. And they throw him into a cell. No sense trying to resist now. I'll wait till I learn more about their plan. Phew. Quick. Slam the door on him. Captain America. I'm acting Superintendent Carlson. I wish I could have warned you. 
Don't worry about that, sir. Suppose you'll fill me in on what's happening here? The cons managed to overpower a guard, take his keys, and get control of sub-block 10. But they can't break through the main gate to freedom. They're keeping me in here as hostage till they find a way. I see. And they must think my shield has some special power which may help them? You're in a tough spot, Cap. And I feel responsible. Those men are desperate. They'll stop at nothing. Don't worry, Mr. Carlson. I've been in tough spots before. You might even say, I thrive on them. Meanwhile, follow me, boys. With this shield in our possession, nothing can stop us. And, and there he is. He's uh, leading them down a corridor, the dozen armed convicts. You tell them, Deacon. And then they come up on this gigantic iron door, magnetic door, which we saw uh, reprised in issue 260. That one last iron gate, barring our way to freedom, operates magnetically. And so does this shield of ours. We'll use it as our key. Well, we ain't going to get out by talking about it. Let's go, Deacon. Do something. Don't rush me, boys. All I have to do is angle it in the right way and... What's wrong? Why ain't something happening? You ain't trying to cross us now, are you, Deacon? No, you fools. Of course not. I don't understand. There, there seems to be no magnetic impulses in the shield. Is this your idea of a joke, Baldy? Everyone knows that his fellow Avenger Iron Man designed magnetic powers into the shield for Captain America. So where are they? And then we cut to Cap. He's out of his cell, Bob. And he's jumping over all of the convicts why don't you ask me that question it's him again it's impossible nobody could have busted out of that cell we can't take any more chances stop him don't worry deacon this will stop anything one of the fake guards starts firing his weapons uh it's like a machine gun you can see the the bullet casings flying what sound do you think it's making bob um <laughs> ping, 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 ping. and caps ducking take it easy with that gun fella if you stole it from the weapons room it's government property you're wasting the taxpayers bullets Ah, caps very thoughtful yes that's that's you know thrifty what's the matter with you guys why doesn't somebody nail them it isn't for lack of trying that's for sure i'll take that chopper now and he grabs a machine gun out of one of the uh, fake guard's hands and hits him in the head with the other. Whoop. And then uh, Deacon's making a run for it with the shield. He sees me running off with the shield. I mustn't let him get it back. It's our only hope of escape. You'd never shoot an unarmed man. True, Deacon. But that doesn't mean I'll let you keep my shield. So Cap throws a machine gun at, at uh, Deacon's legs, which make him fall. And then as Deacon's falling, he's dropping the shield. Cap's jumping over him to grab the shield. Not when I can stop you so easily. And now I'll show you what the shield can really do. In the right hands, of course. If we don't get that back, we can't escape. Hit him with everything you've got. It's our last chance. Get Captain America! And they do. They start firing. Uh, there's several of them firing their guns at him. And he's up, got his back up against the magnetic wall. Um, but he's got his shield up and he's uh, deflecting them. And I like the fact that some of the web, uh, bullets are flying around him. They're not all on the shield. Right. Yeah. That always bothers me. Yeah. It's like, like a every magnet. single bullet yeah. is hitting the shield and nothing's going around them. You jokers don't know how wrong you are. I threw away all of Iron Man's magnetic gimmicks. They ruined my shield's delicate balance. And it needs perfect balance so that I can handle it like this. And there's a nice image of Cap uh, leaning forward. He's on his right leg. His left leg is extended behind him. And his left arm is circling back behind and across his chest as he's hurling his shield. It's a great image. And then the next image is just a bunch of Hats and boots and guns flying. <laughs> so now that we all understand each other, I'll help you all get back to your cells and we'll call it a day. 
Oh, no, you don't. These blasters still make us the boss, and we say you're lying. That blam shield of his has its magnetic power, and you're going to use it to get us out of here. You boys sure need a lot of convincing. Okay. In so much you're calling the tune, I'll use it all right. And he steps on his shield, flipping it into the air, and then he kicks it into the group of men. But I'll use it my way. And then apparently they throw the shield back because it's coming right back at him, which doesn't make any sense because they wanted the shield for the <laughs> magnetic powers. Why would they throw it back at him? And he said, and they two can play at that game, mister. Here it is right back at you. That'll knock him the fight out of him. But he ducks, Bob, and he ducks. He makes almost like a table. He's he's doing uh, a, a, a limbo. Knee, you know, he's doing it from the Matrix. Oh, that's right. Know? Okay, yeah. Where Neo yeah. leans back and the, the bullets all go over him. Yeah. He's doing that, but instead the shield goes over him and and it hits the wall and it makes a big noise, Bob. <laughs> he ducked under it. Quick, Thumper. Get him while he's off balance. So here we got Thumper. Right? So Thumper, oh, who Thumper. had a big role in issue 260, mm-hmm. this is his first appearance. He's a big, uh, tall, white guy, bald, burly. All right, wise guy, you can forget the tricky stuff now. I'm going to put you to sleep with one sock. They don't call me Thumper for nothing. I've heard of you, the man with the fist of steel. But I'm no weakling myself. And then there are two punches hit each other, making a huge noise. It it ain't possible. Nobody could punch as hard as me. My hands are twice your size, but you almost busted my fingers. Someday you hardheads will realize that strength isn't everything. There's also timing and leverage and pressure points. But this is hardly the place for a lecture. Come on, we're all rushing while he has his hand his hand's still aching. It's now or never. Quick, before you can grab the hold of that shield again. And he kicks them instead. And it makes a noise, Bob. Swack! Look, boys, I'm getting bored with all this activity. Why don't you all go to the prison library and read a good book or something? But look, Deacon's grabbing the shield while, while Cap's not looking behind him. And he's taking the shield, and he's about to hit Cap from behind. Doesn't the deacon realize I can see his shadow on the wall beside me? He's just not cut out for this sort of thing. I don't want to hurt him, so I'll just lean back suddenly and show him the hair of his ways. And it makes a noise. And then, before another move can be made, don't anybody move. We've got you all covered. There's like a dozen or so uh, guards come in with weapons. What hit you all, guys? Anyway, a hurricane? Yeah, by the name of Captain America. I brought help as soon as I could, Cap, but somehow I feel there's no was no need to rush. Incidentally, Deacon, I was not lying. My shield no longer has any magnetic devices. I believe you, mister. But there's one thing you've got to tell me. How did you escape after he locked you in the cell? It was fairly simple. The trained specialist prepares for every eventuality. While you and your penitentiary pards were so eager to run off with my shield, I merely wedged a folded chewing gum wrapper between the lock and the door. So you see, it never really locked. Uh huh. <laughs> Clever. He uses that same trick in uh, in two sixty as well, didn't he? Didn't he like stick something? Oh, he had no. He had some he had other a little metal plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think some chewing gum wrapper is gonna stop a a metal door from locking. Mm. And I want to come back to that in a minute. Finally, after order has been completely restored, so Cap's walking with the warden. Now then, what were all the prisoners saying about magnetic door which they couldn't open? It's the latest thing, Cap. It's modeled after a giant bank vault door. But what the deacon didn't know is nothing can open it except sound. It is set to unlock at the sound of just two words. 
What words are those, sir? Captain America. And sure enough, it opens. The end. Promise you won't miss our next CA thriller. It'll be a different type of adventure. And in Marvelland, you know what that means. So, Bob, I want to go back to the explanation of how he got out of his cell. I think this was, now listen, they were pumping out a ton of books at this time, right? Uh, and the Marvel way of doing comics was the writer would make a plot, the penciler would, would do it, and then the writer would do the script afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We all know that Jack Kirby was pretty involved when it came to the plot. And he would kind of come up with his own version and his own stories. And a lot of times Stan just willing let him go with it and then filled in, you know, some script. I'm I got the impression reading this story that there was a couple of things that Stan had to write around to make it make sense. Right. Yeah. You know, the like he had to come up with an explanation of how Cap got out of the cell because, it, you know, and I went back to that panel. They threw Cap in, in there and he landed, you know, five feet from the door. Right. It wasn't yeah. like, how, how did he slip that in before the door closed? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like at least in issue 260, we saw him do it. Right. But in here, you know, then and then, and then he threw the shield, but then the next panel was being thrown back at him. Like that didn't make sense to me. Right. Yeah. You're right. It's uh. I I think you're right. I mean, I think uh, you know, there's some some plot holes that need to be sort of filled very expeditiously. Uh, because you only got so much, so many panels and so many pages, right? So. And you do the best you can. You get it done. You move on to the next uh, next story, the next book. So I think you know. But I, you got. It's also right. Who who's this being written for? Good point. Yeah, at the time, it was a fun story. It was. Yeah, it was a fun story. And now we have a little bit more depth to the issue that Al Milgram wrote uh, for prison reform. Right. All right. Let's get to the next one. We're we're skipping sixty three, which is the origin issue. We'll come to that to another time. We're doing 64 Tales of Suspense featuring Iron Man and Captain America. And this one is a another uh, sought after issue. Uh, but again, not because of the Captain America story. In the Iron Man story, it's the return of Hawkeye and the new Black Widow. So these are very early appearances of Hawkeye and Black Widow. I, I want to say maybe it's the second appearance mm-hmm. of each. Because I know Hawkeye was introduced in issue 57, and I don't know if he's been back since then. And then Black Widow a, a little bit before then. But this is the introduction of Black Widow's new costume. So uh, and then you see Iron Man battling um, Black Widow and Hawkeye uh, in this top portion of the panel. In the sec- bottom half, you see the in, in his starburst it sando and omar two eerie enemies from captain america's dramatic past and it's um uh sando is like a dressed in a suit he's got glasses he looks like a psychiatrist almost and he's doing some sort of thing with his hands and make it look like he's you know some sort of sorcerer with his motion and then omar is this uh short guy with bald head with a huge head huge, um, yeah. deformed almost and he's sitting there and he's projecting from his brain into a globe and in the globe is captain america and bucky all right so we'll skip the iron man story get right to the story where it says among us wreckers dwell and at the top, it says Captain America and Bucky in the daring days of World War II. A tale of towering stature told with power and passion by Stan Lee, writer, Jack Kirby, illustrator, Frank Ray, delineator, also known as Inker, Sam Rosen, letterer. 
introducing the mind-staggering villainy of Sando and Omar. Omar. Actually, Bob, I'm going to take a little offense to that. This is not uh-huh. the introduction of Sando and Omar. It most certainly is not. Yeah. So where did Sando and Omar first appear? Uh, that would have been, I believe, in Captain America Comics number one. Rick. That's right. Back and, in yeah. 1941, it was the second story. Yeah. So the first story we all know, right? That's the story where it introduces Captain America and his origin, right? And then the second story, and there was, I think, what, five or six? Uh, mm-hmm. The second story is 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 basically this same story. So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby decide to to do the a, a version of the story. Maybe they're out of ideas, um, and they just needed to to get something out there. I don't know. Um, but the original story was by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, and it was um, written by Joe and Jack, penciled by Joe and Jack, and then inked by Joe. So it was more heavily Joe than it was Jack, uh, as far as I could tell. Um, And the name of that story back in 1941 was case number two. So why they decided to do this, I don't know. And uh, which I, you know, and I know, hey, things were different back then. I know I'm going to get a lot of probably guff for this, but I'm just surprised. I guess maybe I'm not surprised, but that Stan Lee took credit for writing this story. Mm. took all the credit for writing this story mm-hmm. when in fact it's a sort of a retelling you know that changed the dialogue they changed some of the panels but essentially it's a, it's a, almost a, a retelling of that of that second story from captain america comics number one for which stan wasn't involved in at all right and i i would say it was embellished this story is embellished right okay. because yeah. because there's there's different like that, the first story, I don't know, it was like six pages. This one's 10 pages. Um, so there's definitely some additional yeah. elements to the story. So I don't know. But let's cover it, shall we? Sure. So the opening splash, as I, I mentioned, has the big starburst, Among Us Wreckers Dwell. Uh, and it is very similar to what's on the cover, uh, except instead of Omar projecting Cap and Bucky within the the globe, it's a destruction, right? There's a tank blowing up. There's a, a ship blowing up, but Cap and Bucky storming the stage, and then you can see the audience too, and it it reads, in the dark days of World War II, sabotage was one of the enemy's most insidious weapons, and now that we've had our say, let's really get rolling. War clouds loom dark and dangerous over Europe. Poland has been invaded. The Nazi juggernaut is starting to roll, but America is still at peace, though not for very much longer. And we're, it's nighttime. We're in the city. Uh, looks like New York City. And there is a um, theater house with the, the big yellow lights. And on it, it says, tonight on stage, the sensational duo, Sando and Omar. And there's a, uh, a barker out front. There will be a short wait for all seats. And you hear uh, the people in the audience uh, are lying to get in. The whole city's talking about Sando and Omar. I can't wait to see them. They're supposed to have an incredible act. And on the stage inside, it's a packed house. And Sando, who I described before, you know, the guy in the suit and glasses, he's reaching out to the audience. I must request absolute silence from the audience as I cause the mysterious Omar to go into a hypnotic trance. Then, when I have established complete control over his brain, you will see his amazing mental predictions projected upon our crystal ball. And now, to begin. Omar, you are my slave. I, Sando, am your master. I am master of your mind. I am master of your thoughts. Am I not, Omar? You are the master, Sando. Then I ordered you to project. Project your thoughts. Let the world see your unfailing predictions of things to come. For you have the power to gaze into the future, and I have the power to reveal your thoughts in the mystic crystal ball. 
Project, Omar. Project! Slowly, unbelievably, a scene begins to form within the giant crystal, the image of a column of U.S. war tanks on manures at Fort Lehigh. But an instant later, the startled audience in the silent theater sees... It's a tank blowing up, Bob, and it says what? <clears throat> then we cut to Steve and Bucky. And Steve's sitting uh, on steps um, of a, outside the barracks, and he's in his civvies, and he's peeling potatoes, Bob. He's on KP duty. He is. You ever been on KP duty? No, I can't say that I have. Hmm. Bucky's... Um, sitting next to him reading the paper and what's the star post headline say bob sando and omar score with new prediction tank blows up at fort lehigh the next day at fort lehigh private steve rogers and regiment mascot bucky barnes discussed the disaster which occurred just a few hours earlier i don't get it steve how come sando and omar know that tank would blow up last night i have a hunch bucky and it's not good. Rogers, is that all you a yard would like you has to do? You ain't getting paid to be a newscaster. And so we got uh, Sarge coming out here. And uh, both uh, Steve and Bucky standing at uh, attention. And he's got, uh, Sarge got his hands on his, on his hips, right? And he's looking all tough. I put you on KB to peel them spuds, and I want them peeled. Stop breathing when I'm talking at you. Yes, Sarge. No, Sarge. Sure, Sarge. You're not only the biggest gold-bricking clown in this whole dang regiment, but whoops, who left the potatoes on the blasted steps? And, he, and Sarge has fallen, and the potatoes fell on top of him. I guess I did, Sarge. That sinks it. You're a bigger menace than the blam Nazis. You ain't even fit for KP. Wipe that dumb looking smirk off of your kisser. Get out of here before I really lose my temper. Sure, Sarge, if you say so. And so a few hours later, the two of them are standing in line paying for tickets to see Omar and Sando. I'll bet you arranged that whole thing so you could come see the show, Steve. Bucky. We've got to do something about that suspicious nature of yours. I got news for you, soldier. The balcony seats are in the other direction. That's why we're going this way, youngster. I want to see Sando and Omar at close range. They're backstage, Bob. Look, there they are. No, absolutely no interviews. We have nothing to say to the press. But people are wondering how you... No, now leave us. That is final. I wonder if he was born with his cheery disposition or had to work hard to get it. That gal reporter is slipping into their dressing room. Looks like she's beating us to the punch. What do we do next, Steve? This, Mr. Barnes. Just what I'd hoped you'd say, Mr. Rogers. And when, he, when he's saying that, he's taking off his, um, his military fatigues and he's underneath, he's got his Captain America uniform on. And then Bucky's putting his domino mask on his face. This look, this this panel looks really familiar, Bob. Does it? Yeah, it really does. I don't know if it's just just if it's uh, an homage to something else, or maybe mm. it's just or others have been an homage to it. But it's a it's a very familiar looking panel. Hmm. Within seconds, the colorful world-famous figures of Captain America and Bucky make a dazzling leap to an overhead complex of pipes, pipes from which they can swing effortlessly into the theater's projection room. Let's go, lad. Allie, oop. Now, Bob, I know Cap's got the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. He can make big leaps like that. Yeah. How's Bucky doing that? I don't know. He's just highly trained, I guess, Rick. You know, he's an athletic lad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meantime, on the stage below, Sando and Omar have again begun their awesome act. Ah, you are thinking of a bridge. The bridge which links Camp Castle Grove with the mainland. 
The bridge has collapsed. This will be a disaster for Camp Cosgrove, and yet there's no way to prevent it, for Omar is never wrong. Omar looks pretty upset by all this, Bob. He does. He does look a little perturbed. I'd say horrified. But in the projection room above, Captain America and Bucky come to a somewhat different conclusion. I thought so. The acts of phony. Those aren't thoughts in the crystal ball. They're pictures projected from an accomplice up here. But why, Cap? Why only scenes of disasters? That's what we're going to find out. And the accomplice, he's got all tied up and gagged. Then, moving like the skilled, well-trained fighting acrobats, which they are, the dazzling duo leaps over the heads of the audience as Cap reaches for the swaying curtain below. Hang on, Bucky. This is faster than walking. And a lot more fun, too. Look, above, it's Captain America and Bucky. I'll go after Omar, Cap, while you tangle with Sando. Right, lad. But first, I'll get rid of that phony crystal ball. You dare break up my act? You'll pay for this with your lives. Hold on, Sando. I want some explanations before you start making us pay with our lives. There's a lot more behind your crooked routine than just fooling the audience. And I'm going to find out what it is. Now get over here and start talking, mister. And then he punches him, Bob. That seems a little over the top. Well, that you know, that was very much Captain America and Captain America comics back in the 1940s. So it very much was, yes. A lot of these panels were drawn from that original story. But suddenly, a fearful scream rings out from backstage. What's that? <laughs> a girl's voice. She must be in deadly danger. It came from your dressing room. Don't try to leave, Sando. There's no place you can hide where I won't find you. But then... Come in, masked man. We'll show you what happens to guys who rough up the boss. We'd figured you'd come charging in here if you heard the dame scream. The dame. The skirt, you know. <laughs> the toots. <laughs> Cap, they said they'd shoot the girl reporter if I didn't surrender to them. Stop struggling, lady. Sando don't like Snoop sneaking into his dressing room. But finally, when the girl is allowed to speak, she says, I'm not a reporter. I'm a special agent for the Woman Army Corps. We're cooperating with the FBI and investigating this new wave of sabotage. Glad to hear that, lady. We always like to know who we're going to finish off for Sando. We can drop that Sando act now. I'm Colonel Wolfgang von Kranz, and I received my orders directly from Der Führer himself. And he comes behind Cap with a pistol uh, in, his, in his back. And not just any pistol, Bob. It looks like a Luger. Mm-hmm. Which is a German pistol, for those who don't know. Give us the world, Herr Colonel, and Captain America dies. It'll take more than a word, Nazi. Okay, Bucky, let's move. And then Cap ducks, uses his shield, slangs the guy behind him, and it makes a noise, Bob. Uh, I can't do that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Bob? Uh, uh, well, I, I'm not even sure how that sounds. Pooey! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Pooey! Pooey! I don't know. My cat's looking at me like, what the hell? Yeah, and now, now the shield hitting the guy in the head, that's a wham. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Right, and then yeah. something hitting the floor was a pawang. Pooey! Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. I'd hope I was hoping you'd say that, Cap. Oh, and then the uh, the lady reporter kicks, uh, does a back kick with heels no less in someone's face. I'll show you that a female doesn't have to be helpless herself. Clop. I hate to do this to an agent of the master race. Somehow it seems almost disrespectful. And he punches a guy, and it makes a sound, Bob. Whack. Yeah, this is starting to. Sound an awful lot like a Batman TV show. It does, doesn't it? Episode. <laughs> 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 
here, fellas, why don't you both tackle someone your own size? And, and Bucky ducks while two guys hit each other and they make a noise. <laughs> Shut off that chatter gun, son. The people out front are trying to watch a show. And Bucky runs into a guy who was firing a machine gun and that machine gun was making a noise. Boom. Keep firing. They're unarmed. We'll get them yet. You're right, Herr Colonel. And I'll start with the female. And he points his luger at the at the at the lady. A cap jumps in front. Not while I'm around, you won't. And he takes him and throws him. And at the in that point, it looks like Bucky's on his back and he's doing like a uh, a bicycle movement with his legs spinning somebody so fast that they look like a whirlwind. <laughs> I never noticed that in the panel before. I feel like I'm watching like a cartoon. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cap, look out. They're all after you. So I've noticed, little partner, and they're firing at a shield, and that makes a sound. I'm flattered by all the attention, boys, but you're giving me an earache. And now I've got a little message for you to send to your ranting Fuhrer. He's hitting him with the shield. And now he's punching him. Tell him that free men can play pretty rough too. And just then. That right there, right there, Rick, right there, that panel, you know, with the guy flying backwards after mm-hmm. Cap punches him. Mm-hmm. How many times, you know, I would love to have a coffee table book mm-hmm. that just has, because I've seen that sort of image, right? Done so many times in different different uh, books, different artists cap punching somebody and them flying back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, head over heels. Uh, I think it'd be cool to like see them all together. I like that idea. You know, that'd be kind of nifty. Set it to music. So at this point, Sanders, who's been laying on the ground, grabs his, his Luger and he starts, actually doesn't even look like a Luger anymore. It looks like a revolver. He lowered his shield. I can't miss at this range. Now you die, Captain America. And he fires. But Bucky comes, pushes Cap out of the way, and in one motion also throws a, uh, a four-legged stool at the man. Look out, Cap. I'll take care of that monocled murderer. Be my guest, Bucky. That was too close for comfort. And it hits him in the head, knocks the gun out of his hand, and then hits him in the head. And that makes a sound. Score one for our side, eh, Cap? I'll answer you as soon as the bells stop ringing. Say, we almost forgot about Sando's partner, Omar. No, Bucky. Omar was just an innocent pawn. Sando hired him from a freak show. He didn't realize what he was doing. Then our job here is done. It's obvious that Sando would first have Omar predict an act of sabotage, then his agents would go out and perpetrate it. He did it in order to cause panic among our people, to make us lose confidence in our armed forces, but he didn't know the American people. We fought side by side, yet I don't know your name. My name doesn't matter. There are many, many others like me, ready to do their share to protect this land that we love. Till we meet again, you may know me as Agent 13. Wait, why are you running off so quickly? We just remembered another appointment. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Cap? I sure am. If we get back to Fort Lehigh after taps, there won't be enough potatoes in the country for me to peel. Yeah, lovable old Sarge Duffy will see to that. And so they're back getting their uh, their fatigues back on. And they start walking back to base. You know, Mr. Rogers, a big fellow like you shouldn't waste time doing so much KP. I don't mind, Mr. Barnes. You know how I dislike excitement. And so, two khaki-clad figures return to base, and another tale is told. Our action thriller next issue will be slightly different, slightly surprising, and slightly sensational. Be sure to be here. Mr. Rogers will be waiting for you. Well, I just have one thing to say. What's that, Bob? Uh, old Betsy Ross was a lot hotter 
the way she was drawn in this issue than in the original story. Mm. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I did notice on one of those panels, um, she looked a little different. I, I don't know if there was maybe some retouching done because, you know, sometimes John Romero did, did some touch-ups on Jack Kirby's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't tell if that was the case, but yeah, you know, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw Agent 13, I thought, oh, Sharon Carter, right? Because that's who Agent 13 is, Sharon Carter. Right. But um, but no, you're right. It's Betsy Ross because obviously Sharon wasn't born yet. This is this is during World War II. Um, and Betsy Ross in, in Captain America Comics number one, that was her first appearance in uh in that second story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and she, she went on, of course, to have a uh, her own career and her own future, right? With uh, as Golden Girl and with Jeff Mace, at least in the retcon of uh, of Captain America. Yep. So that was fun. So we we went to 1965, visited a couple stories from them, and in the meantime, we also did a flashback to World War II. Um, so that was good. It was good doing that because we have been, you know, visiting a lot of um, the eighties recently. So it was good to go back to 1965 uh, and we're just hopping around, Bob, because next episode, episode 76, we're going to be doing back in 2022. We're going to cover issues three and four of the Captain America Iron Man miniseries. Because I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying this Derek Landy story and uh, looking to, to hop back into that issues three and four. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've uh, I, I gotta be I gotta admit I've already got a head start. Uh, I read issue three and it's great, and I can't wait to to see issue four. Fantastic! All right, so we'll be coming back for that in next episode, episode seventy six. Um, well, Bob, as always, I gotta say. It's been fun wrapping cap with you. Yeah. Thwack, bang, boom. Let's do it again. <laughs> you know it. All right. Well, that was Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbanis. You've been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. 